Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Visit the year 2018. You were using an iPhone like 8 and you'd never heard of COVID because it didn't exist yet. But really, what we're doing is re-ranking recruiting classes and Max Olson, the portal authority, but also re-ranking recruiting class authority because he's been doing this since the class of 2014, since he got to the athletic. And, and this is, Max, this is the thing that coaches always get, well, they should really do them after three or four years. And and I'm always like, yeah, I started doing that in 2008 when I got the job at SI covering recruiting. And you've been doing that since 2000. <laughs> you've been doing this really what, what, since 2014, 2013? Yeah, I started, I didn't do it nationally when I was at ESPN. I did it more on the Big 12 uh, level, but, but yeah, kind of brought this over. Uh, when it came to that, I do remember you doing it and doing a great job on it. And, um, yeah, you're right. There are still a lot of coaches out there that say, well, let's see how these look three, four years ago. And when I reached out and said, Hey, can I talk to Dabo for this? They said, absolutely. Dabo loves this. And maybe oh, that's because yeah. Clemson's always good in it. Well, especially um, it always, that always year. grades out really well, but <laughs> yeah. part of it is there are some coaches who believe, yeah, signing day is fun, but, um, I, I want my work to, you know, uh, be analyzed four years from now. I think it's going to look pretty good. Well, and, and that's what's interesting about this. So we'll, we'll, let's go back to 2018, to the original rankings. And it's, and it's 2018, 24-7 sports composite. Georgia's the number one class. This is Georgia breaking Alabama's stranglehold on the mm-hmm. number one class. And there's some really good players. But the headliner of Georgia's class is a guy that we don't remember as a Georgia player. is Justin Fields. Oh, yeah. He played at Georgia? Yeah, yeah it was that year. That's true. It was a thing. There were some questions. There was slight controversy. We, we don't have to relitigate that in this podcast, do we? <laughs> we, we? We could. We don't really have. No, I mean, look, and I think, I think you saw it this year with with Stetson Bennett and the same. You know, they were in a weird situation at Georgia in 2018 because Jake Fromm, as a true freshman, had taken them to the national title game. So it was very yeah. hard to say. Okay, we're going to dump you, and now we're going to start this other guy. But then we had just seen Alabama say, Jalen Hurts, no, you're not going to start anymore. Two is going to start because he saved our bacon in the national title game. So, But it, it, is, it is interesting that that's, that's where you start. And Georgia still winds up having a, a great class. You didn't have the and, – and, and actually, in your re-rank – Still number one, uh, but let's yep. let's go through your scoring system because this is not just willing. Like where I messed up when I was doing it early on is it was, I, I'd say how many starters the class produced and and how many championships the team won, but it was still kind of my subjective ranking. Like you actually 
have some some objectivity you know, here. The, the benefit to your method of it, though, is it doesn't take you a month to do it. So that's true. I don't I don't think that's a bad method necessarily. <laughs> well, and there's there's a class in here that we can talk about, like where it's ranked. You look at it and you go, well, no, because some of these guys are so important that they just overpower everything else. But sure. let's let's talk about the scoring system first. So I, I've been doing this, like you said, uh, for this is the fifth year we're doing it now. I think at the athletic, um, you know, the scoring system's been the same every year in an effort to kind of be consistent. And it's pretty, it's pretty basic. I, look, there are lots of different ways you could do this. There's much more advanced ways where you could go out and give some, you know, grade from seventy to hundred to every single player out there and, and have a much more accurate rating. But uh, we we keep it simple with this and give players a rating from zero to five. Um, you know, five being the, the, the very best players in the class, all Americans, top 50 draft picks. Um, you know, I, I think this year they're only 3% of all the players I graded got a five. It's, it's a very small wow. number, about 50 players or so. Um, yeah, it's, it, it, it's, you know, national award winners, that kind of guys. Um, a, a four is going to be a multi-year starter. And, and obviously you have to, you know, look at the team in their situation because the COVID year, kind of affects those numbers a bit, but yeah. multi-year starter, all conference kind of player, um, you know, really impactful guy that's played, you know, started 25 plus games in, in your program generally. Um, a three is a, is a, a solid one year starter or, or a really important role player. Um, a two would be a career backup, someone who's maybe they've started a couple games, but they're not a full-time starter. And then a zero is someone who, uh, a player that, uh, made almost no impact, uh, and left the program. Um, and uh, that, that that can be you know transfer medical whatever reason um, and so really with this scoring system and, and it, the, the the scoring it's based on your average right mm-hmm. so you're just trying to minimize your misses and get as many hits as possible yeah so yeah you you do the average Georgia winds up number one with a three point three four now Justin Fields doesn't count for Georgia because he's attrition he's a, he's a two for Georgia right he's a two because of right. his you know impact for whatever 200 snaps he played in the year right yeah. right so he will but as a transfer to ohio state in in 2019 that'll be a five he'll be yes. a very impactful player yeah so yeah. that that's what this is fascinating and this georgia class what's interesting is what the the, the guy who may be the best player in the class was mm-hmm. one of the lowest ranked mm-hmm. jordan davis two of them i mean Devonte wyatt was a was a three-star guy oh, too that's who right to go wyatt through a jc too. Uh, for a couple of years and come back. But yeah, Jordan Davis, a three-star. I mean, I, I don't know how uh, a, a kid like him gets uh, committed to Georgia and still stays a three-star, right? But um, Jordan Davis, absolute freak. And, uh, you know, that would be one where, you know, certainly you look at the class that Georgia signed, number one class, um, and you would say you expect a lot of this, right? You'd expect a lot of threes and fours and fives from a class like that. But I'm, I'm sure Kirby Smart and his staff are very proud of the fact that they can also take a Jordan Davis – and and uh, you know take a three star and and turn them into you know a consensus all American you know first round pick kind of player. I'd imagine they're more proud of it. And and the sure. thing the thing about it is, I do wonder if that happens now. Like if Georgia gets in on some three star guy in North Carolina, like Jordan Davis was, does that guy automatically get bumped to a four just because Kirby Smart knows what he's doing? And like. Sometimes it doesn't need to be more complicated than that. Like, if Nick Saban <laughs> right. thinks a guy is good, if I'm at 24-7 or I'm at, at on three or wherever, I'm going to go, what does he see that I don't? Because 
he's clearly better at this than me. So yeah, I need to I need to know why we're why we've got him here. I, I do think that Georgia staff getting in on that kind of guy now does probably give him the bump. We've seen this go two different ways, though. I mean, like the we we always joke about the Texas bump. Like some guy gets an offer from Texas, he sure he goes way yeah. up, and then you know those those guys don't always pan out. But yeah, I I thought that was that was very interesting. Just the the way this class because. Justin Fields, Cade Mays, Brenton Cox, all major contributors on other programs. Yeah, yeah. There's some good players that, that that left that class, but it still panned out. And that's you, you remember the, t- the time too, Andy, in 2017. I mean, Georgia uh, built this with just a, a, a real extreme amount of momentum mm-hmm. um, in, in terms of this is the, this first, is the first year early of the early signing day. Yeah, it is. It's the first early signing period one. So you you've got players that are. Um, you know, getting to watch the Rose Bowl and getting to watch the national title game and, the, and factoring that into their decision for NSD too, but but certainly the run that they had that year, um, you know, really built a lot of belief in Georgia. And you go look at this cycle, like this is a year where Alabama only signed four of the top 100 players in the country, which yeah. is just super unusual. And it, a lot of them <laughs> were they going were to all Georgia. stocked up from 2017. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And, and Alabama's 17 class is an all-timer. And so some of those kids are probably smart to not go to Bama. But, um, you know, they all went to Georgia. And, and so that, that puts that pressure on them that, you know, after you've lost that national title game, I'm, I'm sure you're hungrier than ever. But you've got this great class coming in, and, and you've got to – uh, develop them and make good on on really really you know high level expectations. So your number two class, if if this class only had two players max, I think it would still be like it, from a from a subjective purely subjective point of view a top five yep. of this year class. If it just had Trevor Lawrence and Justin Ross, because there's a national title right there. Like Trevor Lawrence because of of what he was through that most of that season. Justin Ross for dominating that national title game and being someone Alabama simply could not cover. But then I was, so I was at Clemson on the day of the early signing period or the, the first day of the early signing period doing pre playoff stuff. Cause remember Clemson was the number one seed the previous year. They got dump trucked by Alabama in the sugar bowl. That's right. That's but right. that same day they had their on campus playoff media day. They had Dabo come out and talk about the signees. As Dabo is talking, a story breaks out of Ohio where Jackson Carmen had said Dabo told him that Urban Meyer is going to retire within five years. And everybody's like, oh, God, somebody has to ask Dabo. So I see Dabo, you know, Dabo What's gets it? done. Did, did Ari break that back then? We'll have to go back and look. That, it that may have been Ari, yeah. That's right in Ari's wheelhouse. So I, yeah, I was at SI at the time. <laughs> and, and so I walk over there after Dabo's done. He's just kind of kibitzing with some people and i'm like uh hey um you probably hadn't looked at your phone yet but this is out there did you say this and he's just he you know he kind of gives a non-answer which clearly means yes i said that and right i remember yeah. thinking at the time i'm like Dabo and, and urban were not are not that far apart in age they're they're pretty close i, I want to say they're like four or five years apart and i'm like wow that is that's that's going out there guess who was right yeah, guess who was right? And uh, you know, Jackson Carmen uh, got to see Ohio State again too. Yeah, that's, that's that's funny how it all works out. Yep. And then Darian Kendrick got to win a national title at Georgia and, after being and Carmen's, a, Carmen's back in Ohio now at the Bengals yeah, too. So. Yep. What but world? It is. It is unbelievable. Xavier Thomas was 
I believe the Trevor and Justin were one and two, but I think Xavier Thomas was was number three in this class overall. He was. And, yeah. you know, you thought, okay, that will be the heir apparent to this unbelievable defensive line that's leaving. He was he's he was a good college player. He I don't know that he was the superstar he was projected to be. He, but he's coming back for another year. Um, yeah. he, 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 and which is good. I think I, I wouldn't say that he like you know can't still play his back his way back into potentially being a first round guy next year. He just had you know he, he certainly seemed like one of those players. And, and even you know Davos when he said it to me when we talked last week that that's one of those players that you would have thought was a three and gone kind of player for yeah. sure when he came in and was a freshman all American his first year there. And in 2020, when when you've got that first round hype on you. Um, he, he had a rough year in terms yeah. of uh, COVID and strep throat and, and um, you know, having to that, that really set him back in his training. And uh, he was you remember he was supposed to take the red shirt year that year. That's right. And uh, really, really was limited that season. It only started, I think, one game. So got back to playing last year, third team all ACC. Um, really interested to see if he can he kind of put it all together here in 22. One of those guys that, that really would benefit uh, from, from taking advantage of a super senior year. Your, your number three class was ranked 22 originally. Mm-hmm. And then I, we're not going to go all the way down the list. We'll start bouncing around after this. But, but I'm fascinated by this one because this is, this is Michigan. You got Michigan ranked yep. number three. And, and you look at this, this list of guys. And it's not just you, you think it's all guys who played on this team. But like Cam McGrone already in the NFL at that point. Yep. But Aiden Hutchinson, Jalen Mayfield, Hassan Haskins, Jake Moody, Ronnie Bell – yeah, this was a really good group that at the time was viewed as a disappointment on signing day because they'd missed on some guy like Nicholas Petit Frere, who wound up playing at Ohio State, was one of you know Michigan was one of his finalists and he didn't pick them and, and people were saying oh you know I don't know if Harbaugh is going to get this done and this was Harbaugh was not doing the crazy recruiting stuff anymore he'd already <laughs> said I'm, yeah. I'm calming down on this stuff. Well, that's and that's why I, I'm sure to like the recruiting junkie. You looked at that class at the time and it was like, "This is a disaster" because they'd signed a top five class the year before, and that was that was that that cycle that had all that all the headlines and hype and all that stuff. And so to you know to drop down outside of the top twenty um, and and lose some guys and, and lose some battles and all that. Um, certainly, you'd look at it and say, "You you can't sign classes like this and catch up to Ohio State," um, but. I, I think that sometimes, look, Andy, when, when the kids don't want to go to your school, sometimes you got to get really good at evaluating and, and make, you know, make good decisions in, in terms of who you're taking and, and minimize your, your misses. And uh, in this case, certainly Aiden Hutchinson was, you know, he ended up being a top 200 recruit. Um, he moved up uh, towards the end of his, his senior year there after his senior season in, in Army Bowl and all that. But um, there's a lot of really good three-star players in this, like Hassan Haskins and, and Ronnie Bell, that, um, you know, multi-sport athletes that they did a great job evaluating and, and developing. I remember listening to a podcast that when, when Jim Harbaugh and his dad had the podcast together talking about kind of finding Ronnie Bell in, in Kansas City. I remember texting Matt Dudek, who at the time was was their mm-hmm. director of recruiting, he's now at Mississippi State, and you actually quote him in the story, and and, and saying, "Wow, the Ronnie Bell thing sounds amazing." And it, how did everybody miss him? And he's just like kind of late bloomer, you know. Coach saw him and liked him, and there it is. So, and and that's you know, that's where you get into like. Uh, I, I'm not, it's not really like a whole debate about stars matter or anything like that, but you know, sometimes you, you do need to have these classes too, where at least look, if you, if you didn't finish where you wanted to finish, at least you, you feel good about the ones you did get yeah. and 
you you also keep them on your campus. You know, just keep them on your campus and develop them into leaders and starters and stuff like that. And and this is a class that certainly is is not as sexy as they probably would have wanted at the time. Um, and, and what you would expect it after another 10 win season. But, uh, you know, certainly this is one that when you, when you get to a playoff, you go back and look and say, this was a kind of a foundational class in terms of the roster today. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I know I said we're going to jump around, but I do want to talk about number four because your number four mm-hmm. is Cincinnati. And it's really interesting relative to the discussion we had all last week about Brian Harson because I, I, I'm convinced that that entire smear campaign to get Brian Harson was based on people at Auburn deciding, okay, this guy is not going to recruit the way we need him to recruit because when, when your first full cycle class doesn't look like what you want it to look like you, that, that's a problem because usually you kind of announce who you are as a recruiter with your second mm-hmm. class. Mm-hmm. This is Luke Fickle's first full year in office class. This is his second class at Cincinnati. They're coming off a four and eight season. That's a, this is the important distinction. Like I, I explained, like Nick Saban's second class at Alabama, like they're coming off seven and six. They lost to Louisiana Monroe. Cincinnati was bad in Luke Fickle's first season. Like yep. They played hard, but they were not a good team. He sold dreams. And, and you say, oh, it's just it's only the 49th ranked class. It was the number one ranked class in the group of five. It was. Clearly, Luke Fickle knew exactly what he was looking for. Absolutely. And, and that's, yeah, he, he, when, when I talked with Luke Fickle, he mentioned, you know, maybe with that, that um, you know, with, with the transition class, you're, you're really selling the dream. And sometimes that's easy because it's easy to get kids behind this idea of you being really successful. Then when you go put it on the field in year one, it's a little bit tougher. You gotta you have to really find some kids that truly do believe in what you're doing, um, despite the results on the field. And, and in their case, um, they really kind of were able to build a class that achieved all the things they want to achieve at, at Cincinnati. Well, you know, they got good local players to stay home, mm-hmm. um, and those battles were really important early on in a tenure, as you know, Andy. They were able to. You know, certainly went on evaluations and, and relationships for some players like my Jay Sanders, who uh, is a player that that had some academic red flags and um, I think had gone from from Florida to Georgia for a senior year and stuff like that. And, and other schools had offered, but they stayed in it and they, they convinced him, we've got a plan for you. We're going to be mm-hmm. able to get you in and uh, you can trust us to come here and, and maximize your potential. When you get players like that, when you get players like Alec Pierce, who is a you know multi-sport athlete out of Illinois that they they just fell in love with, but other schools in the Big Ten certainly missed on. Um, you know, you 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 fill up on on those kind of players that um, you know you you think that you've got kind of a culture figured out. But these are the guys that come in and set that. You know, right. they really are. And, and this is a class that 
Um, they, they really nailed it in terms of, uh, you know, getting players that helped them right away and getting players that, uh, you know, I think 10 of them started in, against Alabama in the semifinal. So th- yeah. this is a, this is a group that stuck together and, uh, really got a lot better. Yeah. It's a, it's a building block class, but when you look at what the context of where they're recruiting from, it was a pretty amazing feat to even put that class together, given what they had to sell. And, and what Luke Fickle said, too, is when I talked about, you know, why, why did you have so little attrition with this class? And, and, you know, coaches like to pat themselves on the back and say it's our culture, it's the relationships, it's all the you know infrastructure we have here. He pointed out, too, like part of it was, you know, we gave them a lot of playing time early yeah. on because we had to because yeah. we weren't that good. And so sometimes when you have that carrot at the start of the career, too, uh, it, it's not just getting those reps in as freshmen, but it's also sort of, uh, you know, building up their belief that, hey, this is the place I need to be and I'm going to get better. All right, so the one that if we were doing the purely subjective ranking, I would be arguing with yep. you about a lot is LSU. You got them number yep. eight. Their their adjusted average was 2.75. Now, Joe Burrow counts in this class because he came he as does. a transfer. Uh, clearly the most impactful player anybody got going into the 2018 season because he becomes the 2019 Heisman Trophy winner, number one pick in the draft, leads them to a national title, but... They also signed Jamar Chase in this class. They signed Terrace Marshall. They signed Damone Clark. But as you point out, this is a very boom and bust class. Like half of it, gone. Either to another school or just didn't didn't pan out. Yeah, and, and this is where it kind of... There's, there's definitely a, deb- a, de- a debate to be had there, Andy. Like, do, would you... If someone said, like, let's just judge recruiting classes by the five best players you got. Like, I kind of get the argument. Right. But... You need the foundational pieces too, and and you do, and I think this kind of helps explain what happened, like <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, he certainly uh, Joe Burrow. Um, you know, Jamar Chase. I thought ended up having a pretty good career so far. Yeah, uh, right. we'll, we'll see where it goes from here. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but really, some very in terms of uh, you know building a national championship team, some very important pieces that came in this class. Damian Lewis. Uh, the junior college transfer who's really good on the Cole, offensive line. Cole Tracy was a really good kicker Cole Tracy was phenomenal in 18. Um, you know, I, I, I think Terrace Marshall probably doesn't get it, you know, all the hype that he deserved because mm-hmm. you're playing with Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. But uh, he looked really good um, in, in 19 and in 20 before he opted out. So you've got the hits are there and, and you needed those players. Yeah. This is just one of those classes where – you know, you had, I, I believe, nine players who transferred out uh, without graduating, and only two of them really did anything for you on the field, and and, and they are Kelvin Joseph and, and Derry Rosenthal, who both went to Kentucky. Very helpful and, at Kentucky, yes. Look like NFL players at Kentucky, for sure. Certainly not busts. But, um, you know, this is sometimes the, the, these classes, they get dragged down a bit because when you, you have – you know, six, seven, eight zeros in a class that, that that's going to affect the average. And that doesn't mean I think your class sucks. It's just that, and, and, and certainly in LSU's case, you don't have to hit on 20 players to have right. a great class. It's just some of these classes grade better than others because they did find 15, 20 players that, that really, uh, you know, started or contributed. Yeah. And that's what amazes me with some of these classes that when they, when a, when a school can get, 75% of them become major contributors. Like that is a that's an incredible hit rate. It doesn't happen very often. No. But yeah, you know, that that's let, let me tell you this too, and 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 this is going to factor into this stuff going forward too. So I I counted up 
the attrition rate on these mm-hmm. classes. And, and and in this case, like, you know, certainly I don't think grad transfers are bust. They, they stayed, they got right. their degree, they moved on, and a lot of times they did contribute to your program. But if you count all the players that left, transfers, grad transfers, medical, kicked off the team, whatever, quit the team, for, for these classes, Andy, uh, the average was 40%. Wow. <laughs> so, um, and I, that's, look, I think we all know that's probably going to go up here in these next few years. Oh, yeah. So, um, part of this is that you, you, you have that assumption that you're not going to nail 75% of the class, but can you, can you nail the 60% that stayed at least, or can you get, you know, the difference between these classes that grade really poorly and the ones that, that make the top 25, even if they're not at the very top of the list is even if you lost eight players from that class, the bad classes got nothing from those players, and and the okay classes at least got got them on the field, got some contribution for multiple seasons. Maybe they started some games. That's one of these where a class can get really brutal is when you've just got all these players that did nothing for you. Yeah, that it, and we'll we'll get to one of those a little bit later because there's a there's one that was a top five class in the original ranking did not even make your top twenty five. Uh, but but first, I want to talk about a class that ranked number 105 in the original one. And the folks where I live will get very excited when we talk about this. But, you know, it, it's a different different animal that this coach is, is recruiting for now. But Billy Napier takes the job. Remember, let, let's go back to December 2017. Remember, Ray Anderson fires Todd Graham at Arizona State. He hires Herm Edwards and says, well, it's okay that Herm hasn't coached in a while because Arizona State has two really good coordinators that I like a lot that will help him kind of help kind of guide him. Offensive right. coordinator was Billy Napier. Defensive coordinator was Phil Bennett. Within like Bennett. a week yep. of Herm getting the job, both are gone. Now, Billy Napier got offered the, the Raging Cajuns job in Lafayette, and he took it. So this class which you have ranked 10th. They had a, an, an average of 2.73. They had a lot of major, major contributors to a team that, that won the Sun Belt this year. And if you look at it, because it's a transition class, so a lot of times with the transition class, it's hard to tell who did what. Like the guy that yeah. the guy that Billy Napier is replacing is on this list too. Dan Mullen's first, first class at Florida is ranked number 14 on your list and number 14 – in the actual rankings, and mm-hmm. it had Kyle Pitts, who had committed to the previous staff, had committed to the Jim McElwain staff, but then Dan Mullen got Evan McPherson to commit, and he got Van Jefferson to transfer from Ole Miss. So, like, both both parties contributed. If you Don't. look at this Louisiana class, it is mostly Billy Napier. A lot of, a lot of post-signing day commitments for, for Billy Napier, but that's how that works at that level. For sure, and and I think the thing that stood out to me, and, and you're right, it's hard to figure out who gets all the credit for that, but in this case, especially when you're taking over a program for the first time and, and at the Group of Five level, you would kind of think that, that Billy Napier and his staff would, would go in there and say, let's just get a lot of transfers, let's get a lot of JC guys, let's kind of, you know, kind of get rich quick here a little bit in terms of trying to get some veteran players in here to fill needs and stuff like that. And what I like about this class a lot is it's a lot of high school players yeah. and it's a lot of high school players that they, you know, probably like same as similar to what we said about Cincinnati 
guys that they were able to go play early on in their careers and developed into multi-year starters. And that's the reason why this Louisiana class ranks so high. Now, you know, Max Mitchell's a player that probably there are some, some, some power five schools that should have taken him. He's a, he's a player that, um, you know, is, is really talented and, and I believe is in, in Dane Brugler's top 100 for this upcoming draft. So they, they did hit on some, some premium players. I know uh, Percy Butler's also going to the yep. combine, um, but you know, it, it, is this, and, and this is where I want to like make the distinction because I can understand and, people and, saying and, like, and well, Ma- Max Mitchell, by the way, zero star. Yeah. Committed on January 19th, 2018. So he committed to Billy Napier's staff. It's a good, it's a good find. It's a good find. And there's a lot of these players that, that, you know, there's a lot of threes and fours in this class. And I want to be clear because I can understand like the intent of this can get confused. I'm not saying that this Louisiana class has like a lot of players that are better than Ohio state's players. The, the, the purpose of this exercise is just to say, okay, who did you sign and what did you do with them? Right. You know? How did you develop and them? I, I, yeah. I understand it can get a little apples to oranges when you're doing Power 5, Group of 5 here. But in this case, they, they built a transition class, which is really hard to do. And they they developed a lot of starters and they won a lot of games with these guys. Yeah. So I, I, what is it? 33 games over the yep. last three years? And, and it's – listen, who you – what you do with the, the ones you take over, what you do with the guys who were already committed when you got there – matters too like Percy Butler you mentioned earlier he committed on June 16 2017 he thought he's going to play for Mark Hudspeth so it's it's what you do when you get him too and now I will say Billy Napier replacing a guy at Florida who did an awful lot with the guys <laughs> that he inherited he he had three really great seasons with the guys he inherited it, it's also about who you who do you get now but the the Napier thing's interesting to me because You've seen him recruit at Clemson. You've seen him recruit at Alabama. So Mm -hmm. he's been at that level as an assistant. Can he marry that, you know, knowing knowing what he's going after at that level with the kind of evaluation and development he had at Louisiana? And if he can, then Florida's got a chance. Right. And 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 it doesn't mean Florida's going to recruit you know, classes that rank 25th or 30th or anything like that. They're, they're not, they're going to have access. No, they're they're going to have to, they have to be in the top 10 if they, if they want to get where they want to go. No, absolutely. And there's an expectation to that for sure. But there's also, yeah, I think the track record here um, in in terms of development at Louisiana and and the results speak for themselves, but um, I I think it should be very encouraging to Florida fans that, you know, this staff, if you give them time and they bring in the players that they think are right for the sec and, and he's got the track record to, to, I think know that, um, I, I, I'm very interested to see what, what the, the, these classes that Napier and his staff put together there look like in a few years. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Look, what I just described, an assistant who recruited at a high level and then as a head coach was a very good evaluator and, and had you know a team that outpunched his weight, that also describes Dan Mullen. Like Dan Mullen oh, gonna, worked for Urban Meyer. Yeah. yeah, but Dan Mullen worked for <laughs> worked for Urban Meyer. Mm-hmm. Got good players when he was an assistant for Urban Meyer. They had very highly ranked recruiting classes. They got superstars when Urban Meyer coached there. So, you know, that this well, is and, and this I, is the, there was this a is funny the tra- kind of, It's hard to do is what I'm saying. It is hard to do and there was something that, that was funny as I was going through the Florida transition class, which like we said, you know, they 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 did a pretty good job for a transition class in terms of bringing in players. But you go look at the hits and there's only one player in that transition class who ended up being like a legit starter for them that plays defense, and that's Trey Dean. And, yeah. and, and sometimes that that also comes home to roost a little bit down the road. Absolutely, because the uh, Jonathan Grenard as a transfer, probably the best defensive player they recruited. Kyrie Elam, maybe. Uh, Kyrie Elam, Elam probably. Yeah, yeah, Elam would be. But but, yeah. but Grenard had a you know instant impact, and that was that was because Todd Grantham had had coached him at. At Louisville for but a year. He went heavy on offense. They reloaded at receiver and yep. the you know, the receiver takes certainly paid off and, and you know, yeah, certainly Evan McPherson, you can't do better than him. No. So there's there's some there's some good players in that class. Um and uh, and, and Kyle Pitts is is uh you know potentially one of the, the best tight ends we've seen in a long time. But uh, you know, the the you've gotta you gotta also kind of try to put together some complete classes. All right. Speaking of highly ranked classes, big time prospects. I, I want to talk about one that is not on your list that was in the top five originally. And it, this, ex, again, we talked, like we talked about LSU. This helps explain what happened. USC, number mm-hmm. four, they had four five star recruits, including Warren G's son. One of, those, one of those was JT Daniels. That was, the, that was maybe their, their highest profile. Amon Ra St. Brown. Uh, everybody yep. knew him because Equinemius had, had played well at Notre Dame. And who didn't love all the, the names of the, of the St. Brown boys? Uh, but this was a class that had quite a few top 100 players. And it never really mounted much. No, and you know you look at the big names on that list, and and certainly um, Talanoa Hafanga had a, had a great career at USC. Amon Ross St. Brown looks like one of the best young receivers in the NFL um, that, at the end of this season. So there there were some hits in this class, but you're right, the the big names there. You know I, Isaac Taylor Stewart, Elijah Griffin, solid players at corner, but you know did they did they get the superstars that they needed out of this class? No, you know Devin Williams transferred to Oregon. Um, Natiote, just too many injuries. JT Daniels, you know, gets Wally pepped a little bit there with Keaton yeah. Slovis, but um, and, you know, and certainly in sets and Bennett, yeah. Um, you know, this is, but yeah, this is a class that had a ton of hype on them, and you know, one of those classes that you need to build at USC where you keep the the best players in California home, and these, this is the kind of stuff Lincoln Riley's going to be shooting for. Um, but you you've got to develop, you've got to take these players and, and be able to do. Um, as much as you should, as as, you, as expected with them, and, and in this case, um, you know, I think there's probably five or six players you kind of put in the hit column, and then 
a bunch of okay players and a, and a lot of misses. Yeah, and, and you know it's not a lot on the lines of scrimmage. But twenty sixth, you know, not not a horrible class, but just certainly for for what you started with, right? You know, those players. I'm not saying those are bad evaluations because sometimes they had bad breaks, but it just didn't all come together. Yeah, and and that's you know, look, when you hit on a class like that, you gotta you gotta make some hay. You, you've you've got to be able to yeah. turn those guys into what. Not you. You're never going to be able to turn them all into what they're supposed to be. Some people are going to be misevaluated. That that's just going to happen. But the misevaluations really should balance each other out. If if you're doing well, like maybe you misevaluated some at the top, but maybe you evaluated really well where some other programs missed, and then you get some contributors out of the ones at the bottom. And I think that's that's where like what Georgia does. And it's just look, it's it's not rocket science. That's why Georgia is the national champion. Because they hit on like Jamari Sawyer turned into a really good player. He was a, a one of the top guys in that class. Everybody wanted him, and he turned into the, the starting left tackle on a turned national into championship. Best team. lineman, arguably. Yeah, yeah. But Jordan Davis was a guy that not everybody wanted. Certainly not everybody at that level wanted. And look at what happened to him. Look at and look what happened to Devontae Wyatt. Yeah, and there, there's definitely there's definitely a lot of credit that, that that's deserved there when you take you take those raw materials and and you know you take a Tyson Campbell and who's a, you know five star guy and you you plug him in as a freshman yeah. and and he's an awesome three year starter like there's right. so part of that is valuation part of it's just great coaching too that um, you know when you get these kind of players it, it, it's it's so important that you take them to the level they're supposed to get to. And that can be tough because it's a very competitive roster and you've got classes that you're stacking and, yeah. and you're trying to recruit over these guys all the time. And so when they have a setback or an injury or whatever, then, you know, they're going to fall in a place like Georgia. They're going to fall behind and, and maybe they turn into a, a transfer or a bus pretty quick because you've already recruited over them. So you can you can make up for your misses a bit when you recruited that kind of level for Georgia. But but no, certainly you're right to, to take the players, um, the really high level players they have and, and then. Certainly, as we saw with Georgia, they had to figure out the right offense. They had to figure out a lot of sort of things that, to, to fine-tune here in this four-year period to, uh, to to go all the way. Meanwhile, Alabama, only number five in this re-rank. They only had two top ten draft picks in this class. Only two. Just the two. So far. <laughs> just, just <laughs> but, the two. but when you look at the year before with Tua and Devontae Smith, and, and just it, it was unbelievably loaded in 2017. So... And that's and that's where it's like I, I I'm not trying to put too much on that because you know Andy like okay so it's probably harder for the kids in the 18 class to get on the field yes with how good the kids in the 17 class right because because a bunch of them played as freshmen and then a bunch of them were ready to play as sophomores so you, you know the math's not going to work out for you let's let's I'll just uh, the, there there is one fun note about that class though I I, I went back you know a lot of these I, I go back and, and yeah. watch what they were saying on signing day. And in that class, you know, there was it was like palpable of like, you know, okay, yeah, Georgia had the best class. This is not the kind of class we expect and all that. But um, Nick Saban, one thing he said was, we, we need to reload in the secondary because we've lost a lot of guys. We've never been this low and all that stuff. And and classic Nick Saban, you go out and you get Patrick Sertan, you get um, Josh Job, Josh Job, Jalen Armour Davis, you get Savion Smith. Like you just go out and, and find starter level guys and 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 play really well at Bama because. They know what they're doing from an evaluation standpoint. It's, it, but interestingly enough, also kids want to go to Bama. Yes. You know, pretty, pretty, pretty much. But Nick Nick Saban never gets enough credit for when he poor mouths. Like he poor mouths accurately too. 
What was the biggest yep. problem in the national title game that year? Secondary depth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And Sertan, you know, funny how this all turns out because Sertan was a, a huge recruiting win for them over LSU. Mm-hmm. And uh, if LSU hadn't had won that one, they don't have a spot for Joe Burrow. <laughs> There's a Garth Brooks Sometimes song Sometimes things there. work out. Sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. <laughs> That's right. I know you love Colin Baton Rouge, LSU people, but maybe unanswered prayers for that one max completely it has been a pleasure i love this i love these recruiting strolls down memory lane we're going to do this again next year for sure we're going to talk to you again much sooner than that because we have we have much portal authority material to go through hey portals portals finally slowing down thank thankfully it gave me some time to actually get this thing done just until spring practice, baby. Once once the, <laughs> once those depth charts start solidifying in spring practice, it's going to crank right back up again. Just a whole new batch of unhappy players. Here we go. That's right. Max Olson, thanks so much. Thanks, man. Thanks, man.